Welcome back to the Beyond Macros podcast, a show where we help you get leaner, stronger, and perform better through nutrition, movement, and the all-important art of inner work. Today's episode is probably going to be one of the most eye-opening episodes we've ever created. I'm going to take you into my brain when I am calculating macros. You will learn what I consider, what trade-offs I make, and how I eventually settle on a set of numbers for my one-on-one clients. Before we dive in, I have two announcements that are important to you as a listener, so don't hit fast forward just yet. First, we are giving away a year's worth of Macros and Meals products to three lucky winners. The direct link for it is annoyingly long, but if you go to beyondmacros.com, there is a banner at the top of the website where you can enter. Second, you may have noticed that the little blue arrow icon hasn't been popping up in your podcast feed lately. And I'll be completely honest, it's because this show takes hours to create every single week, and there's only so much time in my day. Other projects have taken up the hours I would normally put towards producing podcast episodes, and I'm not willing to just pump out lower quality episodes to keep up with some content publishing schedule that I've set. And the time away has made me realize that I really want to create something unique and special with this podcast. My goal at the start was to create a Planet Money NPR-style podcast for fitness. Just cut straight to the gold. And it takes a lot to produce a show like that. So I've actually set up a Patreon page where you can become a supporter of the show. And what we receive in support for the podcast will go into keeping it sponsor-free and increasing the quality of shows we are able to investigate and produce. You can learn more at patreon.com slash beyondmacros. We have some awesome incentives for supporting us, including a Skype consult with me or a lifetime membership to our group program at the highest levels of support. So thanks for listening to those announcements. I appreciate you. Now let's dive into the macro calculation process. First off, it's important to understand that when it comes to body composition goals versus performance goals, you can get about 70% of the way there by dialing in your calorie and protein intake. That 70% isn't an exact scientific number. What I mean by it is to say that you're more than halfway there if you get those two numbers right, protein and calories. That is why our calorie and macro calculation worksheet at beyondmacros.com slash worksheet focuses on calorie calculation first, then minimum protein intake, and fat and carbs are calculated last. If you've downloaded that worksheet, you will also notice that we start you off with macro percentages. We do percentages because that is what the free version of MyFitnessPal allows you to input for your goals, and that makes life easier. And as I just mentioned, we've seen that getting the calories and protein right is the most important for most people. So overwhelming you with a macro calculation process I'm about to take you through just isn't worth the possibility that you'll throw your arms up and quit because it is a bit of an art and there is a lot to consider. So sometimes it's easier just to go with the percentages. You'll get good results. And then once you've gotten those results, if you need to dial it in, this process is probably going to be a bit more important to you. So it's important to remember that a good plan followed is better than a perfect plan that is not. So here's how I calculate macros for my individual clients. Get comfortable because there are a lot of little considerations that do come into play. 
I've also uploaded a video to our YouTube channel with this process. So if you're a visual learner and want to check that out after listening, check out the show notes, go over there and deepen your knowledge. The first thing that I do when I'm calculating macros is I carefully read my client's intake questionnaire. Their age, height, weight, and gender will all be important to consider when determining their basal metabolic rate. My client's non-exercise activity, like working on their feet all day, walking 10,000 steps a day, those things play a huge role in daily energy expenditure, more so than exercise probably. The type of exercise, volume of the exercise, and intensity of the exercise are all important factors that I consider when determining their exercise energy output. And it's also important for me to consider all of these things when I'm thinking about the balance of macros needed to fuel that. My client's current macros and a history of weight loss or weight gain are also important to determining where their metabolism is at right now. Their past failed dieting history or successful dieting history might also determine which macros feel natural for them. For example, if someone did great with paleo in the past, they might be more likely to follow a slightly higher fat and protein intake set of macros versus a higher carbohydrate and a lower fat and protein intake set of macros. So that's going to be another important consideration. Um... A client's current level of body fat or their body type, so thinking like uh, an easy gainer, someone that puts on weight easily, a hard gainer, someone that couldn't put on weight if they ate all the food in the world, and then a mesomorph, someone who their body just reacts to what they do. Um, Those are going to indicate probably more likely carb tolerance versus anything else. And finally, there are other little considerations related to medical history that I look at. So, for example, um, the most common one, a gallbladder removal, that is something that might indicate that somebody has a poor fat tolerance and I might not push their fat up so high and uh, might even just recommend um, some fat enzymes, lipase and potentially oxbile. But that's beside the point. So this really important consideration that I haven't mentioned yet. What are the client's goals? Both long-term and short-term are important for determining what macros they should be on right now. For all of the Beyond Macros one-on-one clients, I've already had a conversation with them about this before I even calculate their macros. If someone's long-term goal is to be super strong and healthy, but their short-term goal is to lose fat, we need to make sure that we're still supporting performance and muscle mass with their fat loss macros. If a client says they want to lose fat and really don't care about performance suffering, then we can lean into that. We can go with a bigger deficit. So after synthesizing this full picture, the next step is to determine the client's total maintenance energy needs. There are two methods of doing this that I usually take into consideration. First is calculating basal metabolic rate via a formula called the Mifflin-St-Gior equation, which is the most accurate for both athletic and obese populations. Once I get the BMR, the basal metabolic rate, I will multiply that by an activity coefficient that is determined by their non-exercise and exercise energy expenditure. The other option that I'll look at is to multiply their body weight by a coefficient based on their activity level. We have these coefficients and a guide to using them in the calorie and macro calculator worksheet at beyondmacros.com slash worksheet. So I won't go over all of them now. 
I usually reconcile the two numbers, basal metabolic rate times an activity coefficient and body weight times a coefficient. And based on my concept of the client's total activity, their current level of body fat and fitness, um, from there, I'll usually choose what their training day and rest day maintenance calorie numbers look like. And then from there, I create either a deficit if they're looking to lose weight or a surplus if they're looking to gain mass. Generally, a 20% deficit leads to a desirable and motivating rate of fat loss. If you're looking for fat loss without muscle loss or potentially muscle gain, generally a smaller deficit is used and a hypertrophy-focused training program should be followed. For CrossFit and obstacle course racing athletes, there is no need to go on a bodybuilding-style bulking surplus where major fat gain is an acceptable thing because in bodybuilding, you'll just starve it off. A 10-15% to surplus is perfectly adequate to gain muscle at a good rate if your training program is designed to gain mass. You won't gain muscle on a surplus training for a marathon, for example. You can read more about my mass gain philosophy for obstacle course racing and CrossFit at our blog. I think it's beyondmacros.com slash five principles for mass gain, something along those lines. Uh, I'll link that up in the show notes. So for performance seeking clients, a little bit different than body composition. If they don't care about their body weight, we generally err on the side of about a 5% surplus because most athletes tend to undereat anyway. An NCAA-wide study actually showed that it's systemic in college athletics, and I see it with a lot of CrossFit competitors who come to me. They just undereat until we get things dialed in. So once energy needs are determined for the client, it's time to start the game of macro bumper balls, as Dr. Ben House calls it. When one macro goes up, another must come down in order to maintain the same total calorie intake. So I'll start by calculating protein needs. There are some exceptions to this rule, but I generally aim high on protein to minimize the chance of muscle loss, decrease hunger, and increase satiety with fat loss. I've gotten comfortable prescribing higher than recommended protein intakes as outlined by the International Society of Sports Nutrition. Their recommendations generally fall into the one and a half to two grams per kilogram of body mass for athletes, where I shoot for about 2.4 to 2.6 grams per kilogram if possible, if it fits within the macros. I might sacrifice a little bit on that uh, for some people on a deficit. So um, protein is the same for a client on training and non-training days. I usually will separate out, um, you know, two separate sets of macros for those training and non-training days. Protein is always the same. Next, I'll determine what training and non-training day fat and carb intake looks like. I generally start by aiming for adequate fat intake for men and adequate carb intake for women, and then I move from there. So for men first, I will see if I can get the client to about 0.4 grams of fat per pound of body weight. This was a recent change I made after some continuing education I did down in Costa Rica with Dr. Ben House. Uh, what I learned is this appears to be a level conducive to long-term health and hormone levels. Now, I'll do the same with women, but ultimately, fat is the first macronutrient that I'll cut to create a deficit, knowing that I will add it back in when I put the client into a recovery phase after they've lost the fat. 
For women, I will immediately make sure that they are getting at least 80 grams of carbs plus their activity expenditure and then 25 grams on top of that to account for the fiber that's not going to be used as carbohydrate energy. This actually also has to do with hormones, but I won't go too much into that. So outside of these gender-specific considerations, when it comes to carb intake, I am looking at carb intake based on the person's training and current body composition. Honestly, there is so much that goes into setting a training day carb number. I don't want to overwhelm you, but generally for competitors, we're going as high as five grams per kilogram or more. So for a 185 pound athlete, that's 425 grams of carbs per day. To conceptualize, that is 10 cups of cooked rice. Now, obviously, we're not prescribing that for everybody. For the normal person, it's more likely that their carb intake is somewhere between one to two grams per pound of body weight on a training day. The final number generally is determined by feel based on their description of what a training day looks like. On rest days, I generally take the difference in calories between a training day and a rest day and divide it by four to arrive at how many grams of carbs I'd need to remove to hit rest day calories. If I can subtract this quantity of carbohydrates from their training day total without arriving at an obnoxiously low intake, then I'll simply subtract those carbs to get to the rest day macros. That way, protein and fat are the same. I do this because it is easy for most people to conceptualize that on a training day, you will do well with carbs around your workout. On a rest day without training, the person can simply remove those starchy carbs that would normally be around the workout, and then they can just really focus on eating more vegetables without changing too much about the rest of their routine with protein intake. Again, it's just easier. So I know that this information may have felt a bit advanced because this is a process I've been refining over the last decade and still continue to change as I learn. But I hope it illuminates some of the different considerations you should take if you decide to calculate your own macros. I hope it also makes you realize that any automated macro calculations just probably aren't going to be right for you. It just can't take all of these things into consideration. So there is definitely more of an art to this that I take into consideration. With advanced clients, for example, I'll have them tune into what their body is telling them that they need, for example. Um, I have one client and she's very in tune with her body and she will know if she needs more fat or more carbohydrate and we'll lean into that. But I think this lesson is a good starting place. If you want this degree of detail from a coach in calculating your macros, you can enter our giveaway for a year's worth of macro calculations and revisions plus 24 meal prep recipes at beyondmacros.com. Just click the banner at the top to enter. And if you happen to listen to this episode after that giveaway ends, you can buy these macros and meals products. You just have to sign up for one of our uh, macro counting mini course or the macro calculator worksheet email sequence, and then you'll be invited to buy that product. You can't just buy it if you don't know what we're all about. So, um, you know, if you want to continue your education, get a video demonstration of the concepts I went over today, head over to the show notes. I have a link to the YouTube channel where I created a video that demonstrates these concepts. 
And of course, as I mentioned, we did set up a Patreon account to start raising money for even deeper dives and high production quality to make this podcast even more special. Please consider becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash beyond macros. If you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you get your podcasts to get upcoming episodes. We have some great ones. For example, a six-year-old Beyond Macros client worked towards and hit a thousand pound powerlifting total on the birthday. That client happens to be my dad. We also talked to Beyond Macros client and top 10 open finisher Tim Muschin about his journey from addiction to being an individual competing at regionals this year. And we even have an awesome podcast where I bring you the big questions you can ask yourself to check in and see how you're doing. Um, I talked to people ranging from a very wise 15-year-old up to a elder in his 60s when I was away volunteering at a Rites of Passage organization. So definitely make sure that you're subscribed. We got some great stuff coming out. And I just want to thank you for listening. And I look forward to seeing you again next week.